0: For details on the program, visit Eckfeldt.com slash thrive. That's E-C-K-F-E-L-D-T dot com slash thrive.
2: Welcome, everyone. This is Thinking Outside the Bud. I'm Bruce Eckfeldt. I'm your host. And our guest today is Steve Danafrio. He is Chief Marketing Officer at Think20 Labs. We're going to talk about the work they're doing in the cannabis space. Obviously, a lot going on in cannabis, a lot going on in, you know, during COVID, during our pandemic here, cannabis being declared essential services. Uh, obviously, it's still a challenge operating in a pandemic, but um, you know it is one of the industries that uh, continues to generally do pretty well, continue to be quite active. Obviously, everyone's kind of pivoting and, and figuring out how to operate within this environment. But we're going to talk to Steve about the work they're doing in the laboratory side and understanding kind of how testing plays a role in the in the industry. Obviously, we're dealing with a regulated industry, you know, state-by-state requirements around both cannabis, marijuana, and hemp. So we're going to talk to them a little bit about how they're approaching it, what's new and different, and kind of the challenges, I think, of being a lab in this space, because there's some challenges in there. So excited to have this conversation with that. Steve, welcome to the program. Good morning, Bruce. Thank you. Yeah. So why don't we do a little bit of background first before we dive into the details. Give us a sense of your professional background. What were you doing before cannabis? How did you get into cannabis? Give us a little of the backstory.
3: I am a career healthcare professional. Got into the pharma space out of college and really pursued a sales marketing path. Sales training, product development. I've always thought of myself as someone, you know, thinking out of the box and trying to figure out ways to be creative and drive messaging and and sell the you know pharmaceutical product or device or what have you over my career in an effective manner that resonated with the consumer or the client or the or the patient or the physician. So transferred all of that knowledge over to efforts in building a cannabis laboratory. So the last Seven or eight years, I got really dialed in with diagnostics in the healthcare space. And we saw an opportunity to pivot, just like many other professionals in the space right now in cannabis. If you're a distributor, if you're a manufacturer, if you're an op- operational or commercial real estate individual, a lot of these people that are being successful in cannabis at this early stage come from backgrounds that are relative or pertinent to what they're currently doing in the space. So saw this opportunity to lend my expertise or experience, if you will, to Mm -hmm. the space and bring in people that I've met along the road in my career, people that I've known and trusted and worked with and put together Think20. It started with lobbying the city of Irvine in California. And uh, you know, it's taken about three years. We're about six months into commercialization of our laboratory in Mm -hmm. Irvine, California also have a laboratory in Maryland as well that we opened uh, about 6 months prior to that and there's a lot of challenges it's <laughs> yeah. and it's interesting but it's not going away i always say that to myself we have yeah. an opportunity here to change healthcare I and mean, that's that's a special opportunity
2: yeah, no, no, it really is. I mean, I'm curious. Tell me a little bit about the transition for you coming, you know, from non cannabis professional experience. Like, what were you able to leverage directly in terms of, you know, your experience, your background, contacts, uh, thinking, you know, strategies from your previous experience into cannabis, and and what did not transfer so well? I'm always curious. People coming into the cannabis space with significant professional experience. Like, what worked, <laughs> what didn't work, what was surprising, what were the things you had to adjust as you got into cannabis.
3: Yeah. I mean, I think that the the opportunity to bring people into this opportunity who I've worked with in the past um, and to learn this market together has been very beneficial. Um, we've seen the, the landscape, and not just laboratory, but in, in all aspects, you need to have that approach in this space. You need to have a, a solid foundation and a group of people who are entrepreneurial, but also have relative experience that can lend it to this space. So in the laboratory space, I've got a lot of experience in managing, running, operating healthcare laboratories. Mm -hmm. Uh, So many different components to a laboratory that you need to have right in order for it to be run efficiently and to be ultimately profitable and to make sense. You can really get over the barrel and and go in the wrong direction if you don't know what you're doing. That's where a lot of people are running into deep water here with, with cannabis and hemp, is that they they have the passion, they have the money, they have the energy, they have the work ethic, but they don't have the experience, per se, and how to withstand some trials and tribulations on building building their platform. So yeah. now, that's just one part of it. The other part is, you really need to find somebody who is and from the cannabis space. So specifically for us, Adam Floyd, our chief science officer and commercial operations manager, is a lifelong cannabis scientist vast experience in anal- looking at the plant and in testing Michael Tunis, our lab manager, Josh Cosgrove, Nick Chow. These are individuals that we've brought into the lab space that have really built a strong foundation for us scientifically. So we have a strong science leadership cannabis side with Adam Floyd and the team. And then we have from the healthcare space, myself and other individuals who I've been to help map the laboratory at a high level.
2: So it really requires both. And what didn't, uh, I mean, I guess, what were the things that kind of surprised you or you didn't anticipate or you thought were going to be easier, or you thought you were going to know how to do and as you got into cannabis was like, oh, okay, this is not going to work.
3: <laughs> yeah, this is a tough business and it's not going to change because of the the dynamics of, of running a cannabis laboratory. So logistics is probably our number one pain point, coordinating yeah. the pickups and the transfer of the samples. Obviously, it's cannabis. You know, it's it's, this was a scheduled one drug in America. And now states are opening up to be medical and ultimately recreational here. So Mm -hmm. that doesn't mean that it's, oh, just send your cannabis sample to the laboratory. There is very, very stringent guidelines with regards to sample manifests and picking up. So that's probably the issue is to the handling of the samples and the transferring of those samples to our lab. After that, it really is sample preparation. Unlike healthcare, testing or you might be doing urine analysis or blood analysis, toxicology, There is the matrix is the same every day. So you could be in a healthcare lab and be focusing on urine or blood, like I said, and every day it's the same thing coming to you every day. With cannabis, chewing gum, turkey, uh, <laughs> Obviously, cannabis flour, oil, bath bars, you name it, it's coming in chocolates, candy, lollipops, yeah. honey bears. The sample prep in order to extract the cannabinoids from those samples and to pro- correctly analyze them and inject them into the instrumentation
2: is very, very difficult I'm curious what's the what's the craziest thing that you've had to <laughs> figure out how to extract samples from? the
3: craziest thing well, you know, I think it's probably I would say that kind of took me back was beef jerky yeah. <laughs> used beef jerky. And it's, you know, you say to yourself that I think that these people are overthinking things, uh, but you know, if they've got their money and- as a market for the analysis, yeah. the beautiful part about cannabis testing is unlike healthcare, we do get paid for our services. Um, yeah. And that is for me, you know, um, a very refreshing feeling because in healthcare, what you get to do is get to work for free for the health plans and then you get to apply to get paid by billing that. And then they put you
2: through misery to try to before they pay you. And you've got to take the cannabis to deal with the uh, paying system. <laughs> That's
3: correct. It's such, a, it's such a lovely experience in healthcare. But in Canada, uh-huh. it's hard work on the front end. And it's, and it's very little work if you, if you do a great job, which our team does at Think 20, yeah. to get ultimately paid for your, for your work.
2: Yeah. So let me ask this. I think one of the things, uh, you know, when anytime I kind of talk to people in the kind of laboratory and the testing space is, you know, it's, it's, I guess the, the way I'll ask the question is when you think about who your customer is, how, like, how do you think about that and how is that complicated from a testing lab point of view? Well,
3: th- I think this is where we, you know, this is where the, our road, our path for our company and our vision is a little different than the other laboratories in the space. With my background, I, I have, I have spent, Thousands and thousands of hours in front of patients and consumers and physicians, detailing them, which means, you know, providing sales messaging or value adds as to why they should be using or taking the product that I was representing. And you typically don't have that opportunity in healthcare as a laboratory. You just analyze samples and you give the results to the physician. And the physician then takes those results and and then makes a diagnosis or puts together an action plan for disease state management for that patient. So with this, I saw an opportunity to really provide a tremendous amount of value with the results that we have for the market and for our partner. We want Think20 to be a partner. And we want to have programs that provide value to our clients, which are the cannabis brands, in order to drive messaging that's consistent and adds value to those to those brands. And the testing reports that we provide are actually a marketing piece. D um, when you see all these CBD companies and they're all showcasing the COA, the Certificate of Analysis, on their website, yeah, because this is a product. Is a market where my mother's 74. She loves to sleep well and take CBD, but she does not want to take THC at all. So she's yeah. an educated woman. She wants to learn about the products and take something responsibly. She looks for products that have 0% THC. That is Think20's job. That is Adam Floyd and our team's job to do the correct analysis and provide that COA for that company in order to make my mother feel like she's taking what is intended to be sold. Mm -hmm. This market right now is so, for the lack of a better term, wild, wild west, that the role of Think20 and our partner labs uh, that we work in the space with is critical for the integrity of uh, CBD, hemp, cannabis in America. And it's just beginning, but we have an opportunity to drive messaging and safety messaging directly to the consumers through our, our clients.
2: And then tell me what uh, when you look at the cannabis space. I mean, we, you're, you're mentioning a couple of different kind of molecules there. What are the things? I guess what are the products you're testing? Are there any products that you're not getting involved in? And then what are the things you're actually testing for in terms of you know what what's in the substances that you're the samples that you're getting? What are you actually testing? What are you verifying? How, how does what's the scope of kind of services that you provide?
3: Yeah, so you know with CBD, it's Relatively unregulated right now, but that doesn't mean that it's not really required. I mean, the public perception is, or the public demand is, we need to see what's in this product. And for cannabis, it's very stringent, extremely regulated with actual goals, um, you know, guidelines set with levels of detection for us to provide to the Bureau of Cannabis Control in California and the Maryland Medical Cannabis Commission in Maryland. Those areas that we look at are responsible for. Cannabinoid profiling, which is potency, terpenes, heavy metals, pesticides, microbials, which would be like salmonella, E. coli, aspergillus. And then uh, some, some things that are water content, you know, just to make sure that it doesn't go over a certain threshold for water content and mycotoxins. So most of them harmful for you. Two of them more about marketing or uh, on, the, on the what we would call the opportunity side to showcase the brand, which is terpenes which is more of the flavor profile of a, of a strain or a product, and then obviously cannabinoid profile, which is the potency, which really is where everything starts and, be, and ends right now in the
2: space, is how much THC or CBD is in the product. And I'm curious what the, you know, in terms of, what what you can actually test? I guess what are the challenges in testing for some of these things? Like I, I'm curious on kind of you know whether it's sort of sensitivity or because of the process, what you can <laughs> what you can actually test for, to what limits, what you can't test for, uh, you know what what's what are some of the complexities when it comes to the, the actual testing process?
3: Well, the complexities really run with the instrumentation. You know, this is a this is a new frontier for instrumentation companies. So we work with mm-hmm. mainly with Perkin Elmer which is a very well-established healthcare diagnostic company in America. And there's just such a, a, an unknown with a lot of these um, instruments operating and analyzing the samples that come in the door. So we're all learning together. Uh, they've been very helpful in working with us. I feel like we're, we're their lead partner in the country in helping them better understand their instrumentation. But that really is the pain point is – Trying to align healthcare instrumentation to cannabis, hemp, and CBD, where people are coming up with all sorts of concoctions <laughs> yeah. and lipids and fatty products, and you know, I mean, literally, Bruce, there's your mind can go anywhere with what people are thinking to put CBD or cannabis THC in, yeah. and they don't think about testing when they're making their product.
2: Yeah, of course they're not. About selling. <clears throat> yeah. I'm curious about your relationship with the regulatory side in terms of, you know, we have all this kind of state-by-state, you know, frameworks and regulatory processes. I guess, what have you, give me from a tester point of view, (laughs) kind of characterize the situation we're in, in terms of the state-by-state, like what do you, I guess, how many differences are there? How do these differences impact you as a tester? What are you noticing about what's working well, what's not working well? how, like, what's your relationship with these folks? Is this, or are are you, I mean, you mentioned in the beginning, you started with this kind of on the policy side and the advocacy side, you know, kind of helping set up these programs. What's working in the industry right now in terms of how things are set up from laboratories and testers kind of points of view?
3: Yeah, well, I mean, I think that our, our bureaus or the oversight committees, which is, again, the BCC in California and the MMCC in Maryland, they're new governing bodies. You know, the BCC has been around for, Three, three years now, the MMCC for about two. And they're learning just like we are. They're overwhelmed by the responsibility of oversight. You know, it's not just overseeing testing laboratories, they have to oversee every licensed cannabis business in the, in the state. We are on the one side of the fence. We are literally, we are basically the regulatory aspect, the support system for the states in order to protect consumers. Mm-hmm. So that was the whole vision. And that was the whole point of Think20 and other labs that are in the space. Is to be more of like a toll booth for the industry. If you want to drive the cannabis, the CBD road, you need to register your product and have it and go through the toll booth to have tested. So we we make sure that you're clear and you're clean. The challenge is is the the infancy of the market. So they're learning just like we are, and there's a lot of loopholes in any industry, and those loopholes are creating, I think, the a lack of consistent regulation with regards to testing, so regards to the other areas of the industry. So that's just something that's going to have to play itself out over the next coming years, and we understand that. So we work diligently to try to lobby the Bureau of Cannabis Control, the MMCC, about things that we feel need to be changed or how we can help them better understand the business. But we're very communicative with those uh, governing bodies, and we feel like it's critical for them to Respect, think twenty. In order for us to be able to drive our plan as a laboratory, yeah.
2: And do you notice? I mean, I what always fascinates me about the testing space is, on one hand, you're you're there to kind of enforce or implement the regulatory side. On the other hand, the the the, the producer, the manufacturer, you know, the processor is paying you. They're, you're kind of your financial customer, and potentially have. <laughs> mixed incentives or, or mixed, you know, outcomes here or or motives, you know, on one hand, they want to comply. On the other hand, they want to take their product to market and they want to, you know, there's factors that will drive, I guess, I think you mentioned it sort of the marketing side of these products. I mean, I I'm just curious how these dynamics end up playing out for you in terms of if and when you run into these kind of situations where it's like, hey, well, we're testing this thing it's either not compliant or it's not quite compliant or, you know, a, a client wants, wants a certain kind of outcome and you, you know, you test it and you're not getting that outcome. How do you deal with those, the kind of incentives and the motivations around this?
3: Yeah. You know, I, I think it's, I think it's something that would be uh, addressed as a company when we started the project where that there was a lack of consistency with the lab space. There still is today. And, there are very, you know, there are very agenda minded individuals in the cannabis space that are yeah. not necessarily concerned with safety, but they're concerned about selling and branding. And it's a it's a delicate situation. We are partners with our clients. We will do everything we can to help them sell, but we will not compromise the integrity of our lab to benefit our brands in a in a way that we feel is not going to help the market season or uh, improve itself. Um, and that is the that is the mindset of most of the laboratories in the space. However, yeah. like anything in any industry, there are a few, a handful of laboratories that have really made it challenging uh, because they're not doing professional lab work. They're favoring the brands. They've realized that they don't have much of a, a value add or and they're going to go out of business. So what do you do? Uh, what they do is they help the brands uh, skew numbers, mm-hmm. falsify reports uh, in order to help with uh, commerce. And that's a challenge. That's, it's real and it's significant. It's something that our partners at Think20 are frustrated about. And that's why they work with Think20. And, but it's not, the, it's not the majority, but it is, it is there and it's something to be mindful of. It's going to be interesting to see the laboratories that don't innovate or have value adds outside of just traditional lab uh, work. Mm-hmm. How they can survive because it is a talking point every week of of my you know every day of my of my career here at Think Twenty, and it's something that we've we've managed to handle pretty well. Mm-hmm. Our other value adds speak for themselves with our analytics program and our QR code program for creative marketing uh, reasons. Our reporting uh, is dynamic. Uh, so th- these are all things that we had to develop in order to get that conversation away from what everyone everyone wants to talk about, which is potency numbers.
2: Really, yeah, exactly. that's it. Yeah, and you think? I mean, how is how is the industry going to, I guess, deal with this going forward? Is it, or or do you see uh, it's kind of self regulatory? Like there'll there'll be more kind of things in place. Uh, where the industry can regulate itself around this stuff, do you think you'll find more kind of outside, you know, regulation kind of coming in on the laboratory, kind of cracking down on these things? Uh, do you think it'll just work itself out economically? Like you know, those companies that not are basically differentiating through that strategy won't won't be successful long term. How do you see that playing out?
3: Yeah, I mean, at that, the infancy of the market is 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 the culprit of yeah. this topic. Those players in the space will not be able to succeed long term. Um, you can't. So there are significant investors in this space. This is not, you know, seed money from your your friend your family and friends anymore. There are major interests globally to drive a market that will be for a very long time and will will pivot and transition to the areas of healthcare, which is where Think20 wants to go. Novel drug discovery, biopharmaceutical research. That's where this project ends, is in, in data and in in an understanding the plant at a scientific level and marrying the clients that think 20 has and will have over the years to, to opportunities that will help people around the world cope with the issues that they're having with healthcare. And right now we aren't even close to that, but it has to start somewhere. And so we're dealing with this, this initial phase. um, But there is, Significant money invested, and the, when you st- when you take money from significant investors, these investors are starting to see now they want transparency. They w- they will invest in companies that are doing it the right way. If it's mm-hmm. a manufacturing facility, it has to be GMP certified. If it's a laboratory, they need to have the the accreditations and the and the uh, ISO certifications and the, the Bureau of Cannabis Control certifications. So it's time the labs. Some labs are getting into issues now with the Bureau of Cannabis Control. We are very proactive about reporting potential issues that we see with our laboratory. Self-reporting critical. I've always been a fan of, you know, when I tell my children, it's better to tell me what you did wrong than have me out. (laughs) Exactly. And, uh, you know, the punishment won't be as great. Not that I'm a very strict parent, but it feels good when you self-report and the BCC, you know, thanks you for it. Uh, You put together a kappa or a corrective action plan Mm -hmm. for that. No one's perfect, but it shows that you have an awareness. It shows that you're being mindful of running your business and that you're trying to get better. And that's all we ask for in the space. This is a brave new world for everybody. And if anybody says that they know everything about this, they're they're just blowing smoke. Possible. <laughs> it's uh, we are yeah. all trying to figure out this market
2: together. Yeah, no, I think it's very true. Talk to me a little bit about the innovation side. You mentioned you know some of the things you're doing to differentiate yourself, and I find that you know these kind of Parts of industries can quickly become commoditized, you know, without you know some kind of uh, real kind of strategic thinking and innovation. H- how are you differ- differentiating yourself from other labs? What, um, how are you approaching this? Wh- what areas are you um, finding able to find kind of a niche that's different from other labs out there?
3: Yeah, well, t- two things is uh, actually three: uh, science, marketing, and then tech. Really. So those three specific areas, I feel like we've, diff- we've we've come up with three specific strategies to differentiate ourselves. And it, any one of those three could resonate with a client to drive business our way. Our hope is that all of them are integrated over time and we're really managing them all to help our partners drive programs that are beneficial to them. So the first is on the science side, like I mentioned before, you know, our team, very strong, it took us a while to put to comprise our team, to compile the right people, the right blend of healthcare with cannabis and understand from sample prep to um, research and development, looking at uh, the peaks uh, in our chromatograms and not misidentifying certain aspects of, of samples. It's a very, very technical application when, when you're running cannabis samples with instrumentation. So on the yeah. side, we've, we've come up with some proprietary methods and SOPs to help us with that that are i think very challenging for other labs to understand if you don't have the right staff so that in itself is great you know i'm an analogy person so i think of it as like a formula one team and you can have a wonderful race car from Perkin elmer which is our instrumentation company <clears throat> you know how to drive it or to make changes to the engine you're not winning races that's yeah. where this game is right now our pick crew is in my opinion the best in the industry and it feels real good to represent Think20 every day, knowing that I've got that type of a crew supporting our sales efforts with, with our clients. The other part is our technology, our data analytics, and our engineering. Part of it, we kind of backed into with a little bit of luck, but that's what you need in life. And the mm-hmm. other part was a lot of pain and a lot of experience and seeing where reporting was and translating that for the bureaus, the, the regulatory bodies, but also consumers. So we've divided our own reporting system that's also got a very strong data analytics platform to help brands understand their testing results, help them ingest that data into their own framework so that it drives value to their company and helps them with their investors, but it's also flexible for the future. So as we expand across the states, we will be able to better acclimate to each governing body per state and personalize these reports based off of the regulatory requirements. And that's something that very few have. So- California and Maryland and Illinois and Florida and New Jersey will all have different stipulations with regards to well, most people are stuck with a template or a report that is specific that only has one way of reporting. We're very flexible in being able to change those those areas in our in our framework. so that's going to help us with expansion and then on the creative side, on the marketing side, we've developed a dynamic QR code platform that is more about messaging and selling and branding than it is about scanning a QR code to see a report. So we've built a middleware in collaboration with a company called CounterSet, which, and this is from my farmer background, you know, me- <clears throat> detailing consistent message that drives value to a consumer. Now leveraging our technology with just the iPhone is going to sell product, and so taking a lot of the responsibility off of a unknown bud tender, which is the individual that you know consults with a, a recreational client in a dispensary, in a mm-hmm. and empowering the brands, who are the people that know their product better than anybody, to sell directly to consumers through this QR code that we actually generate for them, complimentary. We put it on the report, and then we also can put it in uh, print ads, put it on point of sale displays. So my mother's 74. If she scans this QR code, which she's learned how to do now, which is great. Mm-hmm. She gets messaging from that company telling her how to take the product, the benefits of the product, why she should buy this product versus the competition, really anything that they want. And that will that has and is helping clients sell products. And the lucky part of it is with social distancing, it's become even more be- yeah. dynamic. So our clients are really starting to embrace this technology to control messaging to have outreach in a very uh, fiscal manner, and to be a little bit more creative uh, working with Think20. So it's a value add that we're very proud of that we built. So when you put it all together with our science team, our data analytics and engineering team, and our creative aspects with the QR code, we're trying to bring a tremendous amount of value. And I think we are.
2: That's great. You mentioned California. You mentioned Maryland. Where are you operating right now? Where are you planning on moving into? Tell me a little bit about that process. I always find that you know expansion. You know, there's there's a balance in expansion. Like I want to I want to gain ground. I want to you know take new markets, but all at the same time, I don't want to stretch myself too thin. How have you kind of approached the geographic expansion question?
3: The expansion will take care of itself. I mean, we need to get California and Maryland right. And we're even close to acclimating to the markets here in California and also in Maryland. But I have a strong feeling that as we drive these partnerships, which is what you will hear me hopefully talk about for years to come after this podcast, partnerships and programs are what Think20 is about. And the stronger partnerships that we have that we forge in California and Maryland, they will lead to opportunities in other states because people will see how we are different and what we are doing to help our clients. And then those clients will invite us to come to those states where they're building their projects. So all of the selling right now, how I envision this is happening today in this this environment. We should not be selling a year or two from now. We should be building and supporting because our partnership should already be forged. And the way we're doing it is in a way that it'd be very difficult for our clients to move away from us because we're helping them with innovation. We're helping them with R&D. We're helping them with data analytics. We're helping them with selling and creative. So that's where this will go. So Texas, Illinois, New Jersey, you never know. If I had to guess, with high probability, almost certainty, it will be in the states that are recreational at first. So Illinois obviously just became recreational. Michigan, Texas is not. Texas is probably going to be the last state in the union to approve cannabis. Might even be federal before Texas were to approve it. (laughs) <laughs> so it's it's from a regular, you know, we, we have to go when the states say, yeah. no, but we don't even do that until we've established relationships in those states with the right, the right group of people potentially that can help us manage it, but also the, the partners that we are forging here in California that are going to be national players. Yeah. Us learning how to work together here in California will drive our expansion across the country.
2: Yeah, makes sense. Steve, that's been a pleasure. If people want to find out more about you, more about Think20, what's the best way to get that information?
3: The best way is to go to our website, think20labs.com, and learn more about Think20. We are an open and collaborative environment. We are all about R&D. It's an exciting time for us. We are three years into this project but really only six or seven months into the commercialization and during a national pandemic. But we've we've been very fortunate that we've been able to operate during this pandemic because of the essential aspect that that's been associated with us through the governor in California. So it's an exciting time for us. Think 20 labs.com. Our Instagram is something that, you know, we try to share with people at times, you know, with our R and D or, or new partnerships, but if you just Google us, Think20Labs, if you just go to our website, you'll see our R&D. You'll see some of the research we've been published in the Journal uh, International Journal of Molecular Sciences. High-level company, just learning, just trying to do things right. Uh, it's so early in the game, and we, you know, we couldn't thank you enough mm-hmm. for having myself on this podcast today.
2: Yeah, no, this has been a pleasure. I'll make sure that the uh, links and uh, handles and stuff are in the show notes so people can click and get that. And, uh, yeah, I appreciate it. Thank you so much for taking the time today. Thanks, Bruce. Take care.